0: Chapter 7 of The Cowardly Lion of Oz. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aaron White. The Cowardly Lion of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson. Chapter 7 The Escape from Doorways. "'What do you mean by standing there and telling us you're not a bear?' puffed the king as soon as he had got his breath. "'It was a mistake. I see that now,' said the clown, hastily stepping out of his disguise. "'If your highness will overlook it this once, it shall never occur again.' "'Shall we overlook it?' asked the king, turning to squarely face the queen. Adora was staring in amazement at the clown and being a very curious queen, she decided not to have the intruder slammed till she found out all about him. "'We will overlook it for the present,' she answered haughtily, waving the doormen back to their places. The king smiled and chanted this couplet. "'If she'll overlook it for the present, be seated, please, and both look pleasant.' Bob sat down with a sigh of relief. What queer beings this king and queen were. Everything was queer, but for some reason or other Bob rather enjoyed it. King Theodore was not nearly so fierce as Mustafa, and his singular habit of breaking into verse simply fascinated the little boy. "'This brings us to Rule three, confided Nada in a hoarse whisper. "'Joke and run, you know.' "'When is a door not a door?' said the queen, pointing her finger suddenly at the clown. "'When it's adorable, like your majesty,' replied Natta with a grin. "'Or when it's a jar of door jam, like the one your highness has just lost.' Before Adora had recovered from her surprise, Natta pointed his finger at the king and shouted, "'Why is a tomato like a book?' "'Because it grows on a vine,' answered King Theodore sulkily. "'And you needn't scream at me like that.' "'Wrong!' said Notta triumphantly. "'A tomato's like a book, because it's read through.' (laughs) "'Do you believe that?' asked the king, turning to squarely face the queen. "'No,' said Her Majesty shortly. "'I don't!' "'But a book couldn't grow on a vine,' objected Bob up mildly. "'My books do,' insisted Theodore, pursing his lips. "'Where were you brought up?' asked the Queen, staring at Bob severely. "'You needn't answer if you don't want to,' whispered the King as Bob squirmed uneasily around in his chair. "'The main thing is, what brought you up here?' If it's a story rise and speak what do you want whom do you seek it is a story said notta springing up quickly and glad of this opportunity to tell their strange adventures and to ask a few questions about the emerald city a long story your highness continued notta in as few words as possible he told of his former life in the circus of their flight to mudge of Mustafa's determination to have them capture the cowardly lion. As Nada paused for breath, the king said, Shall we let them pass through doorways, my love? Instead of answering, the queen leaned over and whispered in Theodore's ear, (laughs) Her Her highness wishes to be amused, announced the king, straightening up. "'You said in this circus it is your business to make people laugh. "'Well, if you can make us laugh, you may continue your journey. "'You may begin now, and you may have three trials.' "'The king folded his hands on his stomach "'and leaned back, vastly pleased with himself. "'Notta's forehead wrinkled anxiously, "'for Queen Adora looked as if she had never laughed in her life. "'But with a wink at Bob,' The clown began. First, he let out an ear-splitting screech that so alarmed the king, his crown fell off. Then he turned a complete somersault, chair and all, ran across the room on his hands, and cartwheeled back so fast one could not have told whether he was a person or a pinwheel. Next he bent double, seized his ankles with his hands, and jumped in this singular position entirely over Bob, finishing with a neat bow before the Queen's throne. "'Do you think that's funny?' puffed the Queen, turning to squarely face the King, who was mopping his brow with a silk handkerchief. "'No, no!' no," stuttered Theodore in a slightly cracked voice. "'It quite upset me, my love.' slammer where is my crown slammer recovered the king's crown and then both their majesties stared solemnly at notta the clown stared back a puzzled expression on his round jolly face then dragging a huge handkerchief from his pocket he whirled it over his hand and instantly it tied itself into a foolish rag baby which the clown clasped to his bosom crooning I love my baby, deed I do, indeed, indeed I do. He has no hair upon his head, but neither, sir, have you. But his will grow, it will, I know, as soon as he is big. But yours will never grow, and so you'd better buy a wig. What? screamed King Theodore furiously. And Nada, dropping the handkerchief, baby noticed for the first time that the king's head was entirely bald. Bob Up was holding himself together and smiling into his collar. Shocking! Coughed Adora, looking at the clown through her eyeglasses. I was singing about slammer. Gulped Nada, noting in an instant that the chief doorman was bald too. Now, just let me tell you a little joke there was once a triangular pig who could dance a triangular jig and do you believe that shrilled king theodore again turning to face his queen no snapped the queen shutting her lips very tight how could i then if the clouds rolled away would they be missed roared notta before they could continue their disagreeing He bounced four feet into the air and pointed playfully at the king. "'I wouldn't miss them,' returned the king sullenly. "'Do you think that's funny?' Again he turned to the queen, who shook her head emphatically. "'Well, I think it's funny,' said Bob, jumping out of his chair. He looked indignantly from the king to the queen. "'Then why don't you laugh?' asked the king accusingly. Poor Bob couldn't explain that laughing was a hard matter for an orphan, so he sat down rather suddenly, while Nada began looking all around as if he were hunting something. He searched on each step of the king's throne, then he looked into his majesty's lap, and finally, running around to the back, peered under Theodore's collar. "'What's the matter?' asked his majesty irritably. "'What are you looking for now?' "'My joke sighed the clown i'm looking for my poor little joke it was lost on you when i asked if clouds rolled away would they be missed you should have said it's according to the way you spell em see no said theodore sternly i don't i only see you are a dunce you haven't made us laugh not once the queen nodded emphatically at this and glaring scornfully at the two intruders swept out of the throne room last rule whispered nada winking at bob for out of the tail of his eye he could see the king signaling slammer rushing forward impetuously he flung up his hand could your majesty tell me a word to rhyme with toboggan he asked pleadingly immediately king theodore's face lit up with pleasure he closed his eyes and began to drum with one hand on the arm of his throne if there was one thing he adored it was rhyming he forgot to finish his directions to slammer and instead mumbled hurriedly under his breath joggin foggin doggin', noggin loggin', joggin joggin i have it joggin he opened his eyes and looked around triumphantly but the clown and bob up were nowhere to be seen in fact, they had run as soon as the king's eyes closed. For notta, while endeavoring to make their majesties laugh, had discovered that one of the doors said, Out! And out they went, bowling over doormen like tenpins in their headlong flight. As the door slammed, they slid down a steep, dark passageway, and in about two minutes shot out into the middle of a dusty road. Above them, on a high hill, rose the gray walls of the singular kingdom of doorways. "'Toboggan was right,' muttered the clown, rising stiffly. "'This country grows odder and odder, Bob. What do they call it now? Oz. But never mind, we shall have lots to tell each other on stormy nights when we reach the States. Lots and lots.' Bob did not answer. Instead, he clutched Notta's wide pantaloon and pointed toward a large clump of bushes. Looking out from the leaves was the head of a huge, shaggy lion. A shudder ran down the clown's back. He tried to remember the procedure of Bill, the old lion tamer in the circus. "'Subdue the creature with your eye,' Bill said. Yes, that was what he had said. Notta's knees rattled like castanets but with a frightened gulp he stared the lion straight in the eye for a moment nothing happened then with a gusty sigh the lion began to speak what have they done with the rest of me it roared mournfully who stuttered Notta, getting a good hold on bob and making ready to run at the lion's first move the mutchers wheezed the lion two tears rolling down its nose with many gulps and sighs it told them how Tazzywaller had cut it in two and imprisoned its back half in the lion enclosure you mean to say that you were cut in half and still live to tell the tale gasped notta in astonishment i don't know what you mean by telling the tale, how can i tell the tale anything when all my connections with it are cut off oh my poor tail how it must miss me moaned the half lion then you only have two legs said bob in a relieved tone and coming out from behind notta the lion nodded gloomily if i had four do you think i'd be standing propped up against these bushes. I'd have eaten you long ago." "'What a blessing,' murmured the Clown, under his breath, "'that it's only half a lion.' "'I'd like a little sympathy,' continued the Lion, in its mournful voice. "'If the little fellow would pat me on the head, I think it would ease me a bit.' "'Shall I?' asked Bob up doubtfully. "'How do we know you won't bite him?' asked Notta cautiously. "'I haven't the courage,' replied the Lion dolefully. "'Besides, my stomach is gone, and that rather takes the appetite away, you know. Oh, my poor little empty stomach! How dreadfully it must feel! then. To bite a person I should have to work myself up into a rage. And that I cannot do without a tail to lash. And half my heart is missing, so I... Do everything half-heartedly, finished Notta with a wink at Bob. Exactly, blubbered the half-lion. Two more tears rolled down its nose, and these so affected Bob up that he stepped bravely over, and patted its mane. "'Harder!' cried the half-lion, closing its eyes. "'Harder! Harder!' Nada seized a stick and fell to patting the lion's head with this, but it kept roaring harder until Bob-Up and Nada were perfectly breathless. "'Sorry,' puffed the clown at last, "'but we'll have to say good-bye now. We're on our way to the Emerald City.' "'Are you?' The half-lion opened its eyes and regarded them with new interest. "'There's a wonderful wizard in the Emerald City,' it began in a more cheerful roar. "'Could you, would you, tell him about my sad separation? Tell him I am pining for my better half, and perhaps he would put me together again. Promise to tell him?' The poor beast was so earnest that he almost lost his balance. "'Why!' "'Certainly we will tell him,' said Notta, who was the most obliging soul imaginable. "'We'll be glad to, old fellow. But I didn't think there were any more wizards.' "'No wizards!' coughed the lion, surveying the clown in amazement. "'Why, ours is full of wizards. Just keep going north, and you'll soon find that out.' I would go along with you, but I haven't quite learned to travel on two legs, and I'm so tired of standing. Why don't you sit down? asked Bob thoughtlessly. The lion groaned and looked at him reproachfully, and seeing it was going to cry again, notta began to move off. Uh, by the way, he asked, pausing suddenly, did you come through doorways? Yes sobbed the lion, sniffing with each word, through the right door. Which door was that? I don't remember, sighed the half-lion drearily. I remember nothing nowadays. When I used to forget a fact, all I had to do was scratch my head with my hind leg, and instantly it came back. But now, the lion began to sob heavily, well, good-bye said Notta uneasily, taking Bob's hand. If we see this wizard you've mentioned, we'll tell him your sad story. Goodbye, choked the lion, waving his paw feebly. I'd like to see a real wizard, Notta, said Bob up as they trudged down the dusty road. Otter and otter, murmured the clown, shaking his head in bewilderment. I declare, Bob, if you weren't along, I should think I were asleep and dreaming all this. Here's another sign, whispered Bob up in a low voice, so the sign would not hear him. Wonder if it talks too. I dare say they all can if they want to, replied Nada. At any rate, a sort of sign language. North Road to you said this sign in large blue letters. D stood for doorways. I wonder what U stands for, mused the little boy, staring up at the sign with both hands in his pockets. Maybe it stands for us, chuckled the clown, turning a handspring. You, sneered the sign, giving itself a little shake. Why, I wouldn't stand for you a single minute. I'd rather what it would rather notta and bob did not wait to hear seizing hands they ran gaily down the road toward the unknown and curious country of you End of chapter seven